0: Thank you for joining us on Inside EMS, now the
1: always entertaining Chris Zabalero and the Ted Nugent of EMS, Kelly Grayson.
2: I gotta tell you what, this is now my favorite time of the week, that's right, I said it, it's my favorite time of the week, because we're going to go Inside EMS, and with me always, at my side, not behind me, never in front of me, Kelly Grayson. Kelly, how are you?
0: I'm good, man. I, I just got my my internet provider replaced at the house, so I can actually record from home now. And I'm in my comfort zone, man. I'm naked on my beanbag chair, eating Cheetos. You know the usual.
2: Uh, I gotta tell you, man. That's just the image that. And what a lot of people don't know is that over the past two years. We've really gone to strides sometimes to get the shows recorded to where you've oh, actually yeah. even been mobile in your vehicle and and just to get a yes, good Wi-Fi indeed. spot and yeah, the things I that have, you don't do for the success of this show. I got that's right. I, that's mean, right. You,
0: I have the I have the uh, the advantage and the the uh, disadvantage of living way out in the sticks, which which has its uh, benefits, uh, 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 quite a few. But one of the drawbacks is is you don't have good internet service out here. So I finally finally got something that will maintain a a good internet connection out here and now i get to podcast from the comfort of my home
2: awesome man and that's really going to be great (laughs) so well you know kelly i think there's a lot of things to talk about today but before we do that I think we got a really great guest, and I'm going to go ahead and pitch it to you and let you bring him in.
0: Yeah, let's bring him in. Mike Rubin is EMS columnist, uh, writer of the EMS Pioneers uh, column for EMS1, uh, uh, highlighting people who have who have uh, left a lasting impact on EMS, been practicing it for a long time. Um, Mike, welcome to the show. Welcome to the the guest table, and why don't you tell our listeners uh, about yourself? Well, thanks, Kelly. Hi there, Chris. As um, as you said, I'm writing a
1: column uh, that's now a bi-monthly column for EMS1 called EMS Pioneers. Uh, we've been doing this for about a year and a half now. And um, the idea uh, that came from our uh, editor-in-chief, Greg Fries, was to um, try and uh, get more about uh, the history of EMS and pick up whatever nuggets we could from long-time EMS providers and we kind of picked an arbitrary number of 30 years worth of services being you know the kind of people who we wanted to go after we're not so much interested in high-profile people uh, like you guys we're, we're looking more for um, the, uh, the rank and file who've been you know doing the job very well and very quietly for those 30 years or even mm-hmm. more in some cases And have a lot of good stories to tell and a lot of good experience and can hopefully um, relate that through me to our readers so that uh, we can all learn something from that.
2: Yeah, I got to tell you, I mean, Mike, you're you're certainly an artist with the pen and you're able to really bring, you know, this is my feeling, Kelly, he probably hates your stuff, but Mm -hmm. I mean, um, (laughs) you know, I mean, you really bring the story out and you really get to feel you know, through the words of really what's going on and how people have grown in the career field. And and one of the things that I've always thought was the the history of where we've come from is so important that Mm -hmm. I think we're forgetting it. You know, I guess the question I have for you first is what's the biggest nugget that you've taken away as as the author of this column as to, you know, where EMS came from and how and how it grew into what we are today?
1: Well I think the kinds of things I've taken away uh, are pretty much the same as what I hope our readers are. You know, I'm, I'm not somebody with 30 years of experience in EMS. I've got oh um, 23, coming up on 24, and, and this was a second career for me, so when most of the people I, I've interviewed were getting started, I was doing very different things. I was in the corporate world, I was writing software, I was managing companies, and, and so I have a lot to learn about those early days. Uh, I I think that there hasn't been a person I've interviewed yet where I haven't been able to take something away about how what we have now developed from very, very humble beginnings. You know, guys who've been around for, you know, 40 plus years usually start off by talking about um, answering calls in in hearses. Right, from the mortuary, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Funeral homes were apparently, you know, doing EMS in those days. And, and that's something that I'm not sure a lot of people realize. And then progressing from there, uh, you know, we start to understand that um, in the early days, titles and certifications weren't nearly as uh, as well-defined as they are today. You didn't necessarily have EMTs in every state, and, and you didn't have paramedics uh, right away either. Mm-hmm. You had people with, uh, you know, some amount of training could be very
2: First aid, minor first aid, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, they, they take this training and, and get on an ambulance and, and kind of learn much more by doing than through any kind of formal curriculum.
0: And I'll go on the record uh, as disputing, Chris. I actually do read your column and, and like it. Uh, I have a particular soft spot of uh, for stories of people who of grunts who who have done the job for so many years and continue to do it. Uh, I've said in my call in in this uh, or I've said uh, here on the podcast that you know I- I'm big on people being stewards of the profession and and passing on the the, the professional ethos uh, of EMS to the next generation. And um, I-, I love reading these stories. What I get is uh, I-, I get. Um, feedback from from people who have been—they're passionate about EMS. They, they've only been in it a few years, and, and they talk to me like I'm the old man. Uh, and and I, I I keep telling them, you know, I've I've I was just you know I was a 23 year old kid just last week, uh, just getting into EMS, and the the true dinosaurs have been out there for a while. Uh, have have far more and better stories than I had to tell. Um, and I still live in awe of those guys that that did high top cadillac hearses and and used you know the old app cores and and hear the stories of ems in this late 70s and early 80s uh so i, I eat your stuff up man I'm, i love to hear these stories uh uh of guys who've been doing it for for so long four decades is is one i'm reading right now the texas emt is uh working on, on its fourth decade in ems that is a that's a huge accomplishment yeah and that
1: story uh, for whatever reason, generated a lot of feedback i mean uh I think more than we got for for any other i'm not I'm not sure exactly why, but obviously it struck a chord and uh I can tell you um in in doing that story, the message that came a, across as it has with so many of the uh subjects that we've spoken to is that you know yeah. this was just a matter of coming to work every day and doing the job and not making a big deal about it uh Trying to minimize whatever impact mm-hmm. it had on you, so that you could go out and take the next call. You know, not complain, not not you know, get into the small stuff, um, and and always look to be better. And then along the way, try to influence other people who are coming into the industry yeah. behind you, so that they could learn from whatever mistakes you've made, whatever nuggets you picked up along the way, and you know, do a better job as they were slowly being phased in to one day take over for you
0: what do you think, uh, is there one quality you can pick out from all the people you've interviewed that makes them, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, so resilient and and able to sustain a a career in EMS for such a long time. You know, we've, we've heard uh, and said before in, in this podcast and elsewhere that, you know, the average career expectancy uh, of an EMT is like five years, according to uh, a national registry survey a few years back. But you're you're interviewing people that have been doing this for 30 uh, thirty years minimum. What What is it about these guys that allows them to uh, sustain a career in EMS that long?
1: Well, I think uh, the first word that comes to mind is humility. You know, if you if you ah. think about what humility means, it's um, it's having a, a healthy respect mm-hmm. for um, your uh, capacity for error and a need to to constantly uh, keep track of what you're doing and try to make yourself better. And I think when you recognize that you're you know you're imperfect and you don't get too high on yourself and you realize that every call you do can end up in a disaster if you don't mm-hmm. you know if you don't do the job right. I think I think that contributes to longevity in a career. I think uh, it kind of smooths out the highs and the lows. You know, if, if you're um, you know really impressed with yourself, maybe you tend to get a little more disappointed when those life-saving calls don't come in all the time. Yeah. Maybe what you need is just a, a firm grounding in in the kind of work that we do. It's it, it's a noble profession, and what we do is very important. It doesn't have to all involve life-saving in order to be
0: noble. You know, they, they say the, the true test of a man's wisdom is the extent to which he agrees with you. And uh, you just took a page out of my book uh, <laughs> about, uh, you know, having realistic expectations and, and viewing yourself as a caregiver rather than uh, a lifesaver. Uh, I think that's that's a, a big key to uh, to longevity and, and powering through burnout is, is realizing that you're not here to save lives. You're here to just make a bad day better in the best way you can day in and day out for people.
2: Yeah, I think that one of the things that goes with that as well is the the time frame that we talk about. When you talk about 30 years and 40 years, it was a different business then too. It, it wasn't this, you know, get in the ambulance and drive lights and sirens. And I think over the years we've we've glamorized EMS to be this career field that it really wasn't. And, um, but, you know, but the people that really developed the career field, I mean, think about it. Modern day EMS is just what now? 50 years old. Um, and we've now got to start thinking about where we came from. And Mike, I guess my question for you is, you know, in, in the conversations that we have as leaders, uh, is EMS a career field or is EMS a stepping stone? you know, we always look at those older people that are in the, you know, in the organization, they kind of take a lot of guff for as long as they've been in. But should those people be stepping up more and being the mentors and being the leaders to these, this newer generation that's trying to redefine the career field? I think
1: a lot depends on the uh, personalities of uh, the the folks who been doing this for a long time you know we were talking a bit about humility and sometimes the way humility translates is that you're not real outgoing um you're you're not someone who's necessarily going to be um leading the the rest of the group and um you know a rah-rah kind of effort not everyone is comfortable being an, an official kind of mentor not everyone is comfortable you know speaking out about what's going on um, I'd say of the uh I don't know 15 people or so that I've spoken with so far maybe about half of them would be in that category where probably there's a there's more that they could do if they were given the opportunity um mostly by by their employers to um you know to, to play more of a leadership role but then you've got the other half who again just you know they did the job day in and day out not really uh, looking to uh so much Directly influence others, but just kind of maintain a, a quiet confidence about what was going on and hoping that maybe some of that would seep out and would be picked up by their coworkers without, you know, making it into a formal thing.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, Mike, well, I guess one of the things to ask you, Mike, is we talk about, uh, you know, what the criteria is. And let's go ahead and touch on that again. And if there are people out there that know of somebody that, that fits this, how, how do they bring them to your attention?
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we're always looking for new subjects. Uh, you know, you might think it's it's easy to find people um, with 30 plus years, and, and it's not that there aren't lots of them out there, but there there are not as many as you might think who are interested in going through this process. So the first step is um, if if you uh, know someone who you think might make an interesting pro- profile, an interesting piece, or or even if you yourself. Might be interested in in becoming the subject of a piece. You can contact me directly. Um, my email, uh, I believe, is attached to each of the columns. It's uh, mgr22 at prodigy dot net. P r o d i g y dot net. Um, I have gotten recommendations from. Uh, not just coworkers, but but family members of longtime EMS providers. You know, I might hear from the daughter of a guy who's been doing this for 40 years, talking about uh, her father, uh, not just as a father, but as a you know an, an EMT that she really looks up to. Um, so uh, the the first step is just kind of don't don't think too much about what might be involved or whether or not you qualify. Mm-hmm. Get in touch with me and, um, you know, let, let's talk about it. In general, what we're looking for is um, somebody who's been doing this for 30 years or more, who um, we, we prefer is still active in the field. In other words, hasn't already retired unless that retirement mm-hmm. is very, very recent. Um, and somebody with good stories to tell, somebody who's, who's not, a um, you know, reluctant to open up uh, and and go into uh, both the good and the bad about their career we've had uh, some stories that have come out just through a, a, a pretty ordinary interview process that the, the, the stories can be anywhere from from funny to poignant to uh, depressing as heck I mean they' you know we all know we've all worked in the field and there's There's all kinds of things that go on out there. If there's somebody who's willing not just tell us what went on, but how they felt about what went on and how they handled it Mm -hmm. and what they learned from it and what they were able to pass along from it, well, that's golden. And, you know, all I'm going to do is have a conversation over the phone with these folks and just try to create, um, you know, a relaxed environment where they can feel free to open up.
0: I would imagine it's it's rather hard finding people with thirty plus years of experience as opposed to finding plenty of people with uh, one year of experience repeated thirty times. Um, have you have you had any interview subjects that after after speaking with them uh, you thought, well, this is really not a good fit. This is not someone I need to really highlight. You, um, you know, I, I, expect,
1: <laughs> I expected that to happen, uh, but surprisingly, it hasn't happened yet. That's great. I think some of that has to do with um, a, a small amount of vetting that we do in advance. I mean, it's again, it's, it's, it's nothing, you know, uh, top secret or anything. Basically, you're, you want to learn something about the individual, and you want to make sure the individual understands the process. You know, there might be mm-hmm. people out there who are uncomfortable uh, having an interview uh, recorded, for example. Uh, they may not be comfortable um answering the kinds of questions that, that we've all been talking about, yeah. but uh, so far uh, I, I haven't had anybody who didn't work out where we had to say, you know, either partway through the interview or even after the interview, look, I'm sorry, it isn't what I expected. Um, we're not going to be able to do this. So let's all look at this optimistically and say, look, you know, chances are if you've been doing this a long time, you know, if you've been in the field 30 years or more, we're going to find out enough working together. About your career, that's going to be of interest to
0: our readers. Well, well, you, you haven't uh, you, you haven't interviewed ceballero for that yet, so that, that could still change.
2: <laughs> I don't I don't have a story. I don't have a story to tell, man. I don't have a story to tell. But Mike, I got to tell you, I want I want to thank you for joining us on Inside EMS. And, you know, I've been a big fan. And that's what's really great, I think, about, you know, the show that we do. I think about our career field is that, that there are so many people that are, you know, taking strides to, to make sure that the foundation of EMS is as solid as it can be. And, you know, uh, Kelly and I, I, I can speak for him. I, we respect your work. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're fans of your work. And thank you very much for hanging in there and doing the best job that you can for our career field.
0: Well, Well, thank you, guys. It's been fun. Yeah, and you know, I would I would encourage people to to read the stories in Mike's column. Um, I'm a firm believer that if you have no sense of no knowledge of of history, you are you are doomed to repeat it. And uh, um, reading the the stories and and such that uh, Mike shares with uh, with his readers is is passing on the institutional knowledge and and wisdom of. Uh, of generations of EMS providers. Uh, they don't, they're not necessarily dinosaurs who uh, who medicine has passed them by. There's there's much wisdom to be gained there, uh, and that's something I'm, I'm coming to appreciate more and more every day as my career progresses. So uh, read up. It's called uh, EMS Pioneers with Mike Rubin on EMS1.com. And, Mike, uh, I'd like to thank you for, for uh, showing up today and talking with us, man. It was great. Okay. Thanks, Kelly, and Chris.
2: And, you know, one of the segments we're going to probably start, I think, in the future will be mm-hmm. Kelly will probably take those articles and he'll actually read them and do the voices for everybody. So we're, re- <laughs> we're really kind of excited about that. We but, had
0: Hank Man, Hill on I, last week. That's right. I, I would pay money to hear that. Yeah,
2: that's right. Well, don't do that because Kelly will do just about anything for money. But. <laughs> I got to tell you what, Kelly. That there, there is, you know, doing this show with you, it, it's been really fun. I mean, every day, every week, we get to hang out, and you know, we we talk up until the shows, and it, it really has been uh, an amazing opportunity. To kind of share in what's going on inside EMS. And we have, you know, uh, folks on like Mike and, you know, and Kip. And, and I mean, just all the people that have come on the show and are fans of the show. It, it really is something special, man. And, and yep. uh, you know, it, this is really uh, what it's all about, I think.
0: That's one of the highlights of, of doing this podcast is, is the people we have on. I enjoy it.
2: Let's go ahead and throw in one news story. I know you got a big news story for us. Uh, Actually
0: it's not so much a big news story. It's just one of those small human interest stories that, that you know, we talk so much about EMTs behaving badly and, and people giving our profession a black eye. Uh in our in our effort to, to call out uh misbehavior when we see it and and to uh hold hold those among our in our profession accountable for their actions i want to go the other direction and i want to i want to give a shout out to uh some amr uh paramedics and emts from sacramento california uh that um did something very kind for an elderly man that uh passed out mowing his lawn um Ken Dinsley said his 87-year-old father uh who was a very independent man refuses to let anyone else mow his lawn was working in his yard and he pushed himself too hard and passed out uh and when uh when they called 911 and they were helping his dad back inside who he wound up signing a refusal uh a couple of the EMTs from AMR finished mowing his lawn while they were uh while they were um, uh, getting him settled in, one of them was out there finishing the job mowing his lawn, and that picture went viral, um, and, and deservedly so. Uh, this is something i they don't have the, the name of the EMT mentioned here, but uh, uh, guys, if you work for AMR in Sacramento, mad props for, for going the extra mile and, and bestowing a little kindness on our patients. Uh, um, my hat's off to you.
2: You know, Kelly. The, you know, the, you're right. This is such a great feel good story, and and I think that this is really what makes the heroes in EMS. I mean, right. we don't like the props when it comes to we. Were, you know, we're involved with a shooting victim, or it was a, a high, uh, you know, a, a big MVA on the highway, and you know, mm-hmm. people say that we're heroes, and you know, we shy away from that but but this was really what makes the hero it's when you hang out after yep. the call and you make somebody breakfast or That's right. you know you you get them a resource that they need so they can afford their medication i mean when you take steps like this i think this is what really outlines and defines you as a hero in our career field mm-hmm. the the everyday stuff is just our everyday job this stuff i think yep. really makes you special
0: you know one of the things that i've learned in my career uh, and it took me a while to to grasp this but it Once I did have that epiphany, it it really increased my job satisfaction is knowing that your patients, they really don't know and don't care how – awesome your ALS skills are and how talented and, and knowledgeable an EMT or paramedic you are, uh, in the words of Teddy Roosevelt, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And, and that photo right there uh, does speak a thousand words. Uh, that's, that's pure gold uh, in, in PR for AMR and for the EMS profession in general. Um, and that's the sort of thing that makes a difference to our patients. Um, they're never going to, you know, call you or see you in the supermarket 10 years later and say, man, I remember when you worked on my daddy. Boy, I've never seen someone intubate as skillfully as you did. Uh, what they're going to comment on is how nice you were or
2: not nice or your compassion. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or your compassion. That's right. That's what's going to stick with the vast majority of our patients. And, and these guy, guys did a great job of uh, showcasing EMS as, as, caring professionals. So
2: well, sometimes, all. you know, sometimes I will think, I do think you're going to get some people that are, I mean, that are going to come up to you and say, you did a great job and you had great skills. I, yeah. I, I ran a call. I was actually in the supermarket and I ran a call, uh, cardiac arrest at a funeral. And um, it was like two weeks later. And, you know, you know how we are with our calls. Mm -hmm. I mean, by then, it's out of your head. Yeah. That guy (laughs) grabs me by my arm and says, you know... I was at that cardiac arrest and I'm thinking, Well, which one? you know? And, you know, he <laughs> talked about it, he goes, You were so calm and the way that you worked your you know, you started that I V and their neck and blah, blah, blah. And and, and it was more important to them, you mm-hmm. know, than it was to me, uh, now that a couple of weeks had passed. But sometimes you are gonna get recognized for being able to manage those scenes and I I took it for granted, but this was something that stayed with this guy that the you know, he actually had the the you know, the um the nerve to come up to a stranger and say thank you for what you do and so sometimes you may get that
0: well you know i i tell everyone that tells me when i I go to start an iv you know you're not going to get that they always have trouble getting my getting an iv in me and and i get it you know what if when they're surprised so next time someone starts an iv on you just tell them the paramedic did it at 70 miles an hour in a moving ambulance (laughs) on the first stick that's right
2: (laughs) 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 <laughs> with a with a head on a with a handstand and that's uh, right. his foot outside. You know,
0: standing on one foot while composing a sonnet. That's right. <laughs> there
2: you go. You know, but that's I think that's one of the great things about our career field, though, is that we've had to learn to develop some skills mm-hmm. that we can deliver the highest quality of patient care. I mean, we've got to learn to innovate, we've got to learn to start IVs, we've got to learn to start EJs, we've got to learn to do those things that we were taught to do and master them. But then we learn to do them bouncing down the road at 70 miles an hour and that takes us to a whole other skill level because we've all been in those situations where we're getting ready to start an IV and the ambulance bounces and it's like the Singer sewing machine method for trying to get an IV in this patient's AC you know. And uh, yeah. but yeah, I think you bring up a good point there that, and that's something that we should all be proud of is that we really master the skills that we're taught and we turn them into our own um, and I don't think anybody else can match us in those
0: yeah well I'd like to think I'd like to think so. Uh, I think that is that's burned us a bit in the past, you know, things like airway skills, you know, we 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 tend to overestimate our airway skills as a profession and as a result we suck at airways. Uh, uh but um you know, there are, there are pockets of excellence out there that are justifiably proud of, of their skills, and they should be. Uh, the question is, is, how does the rest of EMS emulate them uh, and steal some of their mojo? But, hey, that's what I think. We'd like to hear what you think. Email us at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Sebolero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week.